Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Today we travel back to jolly old England for a bit of the blatant rip-off of three products at once. It's Laystorm the Dominion, and it's definitely not Star Wars, Shadowrun, or Warhammer 40k, nor was it written by a pair of gangly boffins what slept on narrow beds lined with chopped cork. Pip-pop, it's the Queen's bloody own System Mastery. Welcome back to System Mastery. As always, I'm your host, Jeff, joined by my illustrious co-host, John. John, how are you? Ooh, I'm all right. Yeah, you doing good? Yeah, I got a a bit of a dry mouth going on, but other than that, I'm good. Well, hey, you know what I have right here for you is a fine can of soda. Ah, that's fine. I've got a cup of soda. Oh, okay, so we both have some soda between us. Yeah, between right. us, there's some soda. <laughs> That's what's come between us at System Mastery is some soda. That's what creates the tension that people tune Ooh, in every week for. That delicious soda tension. Yeah, that hot. It's like a like a violin Will they, string. won't they oh, drink man. soda? Every episode of this show is like an episode of The Slap. Every episode of this show is like an episode of Bones. Now, bear with me while I describe how. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when you say an episode of Bones, do you mean like a situation in which Bones do a thing for a short period of time? Like a skeleton? Yeah, yeah, like 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 a animate skeleton. <laughs> yeah, but perhaps a spooky, scary one. Ooh, a spooky, scary skeleton mm-hmm. that would send shivers down my spine. <laughs> so, well, for God's sake, we can't do the Bones thing again. That's fine. All right, good. So, this is going to be an episode where we review 1995's own Laystorm: The Dominion. Indeed, we will, and. Who among you dares to try and stop us? It is a game from 1995 that is very much a product of that time. Yeah, let's talk about the things that came out right before 1995, John. What do you say? All right. Well, in 1992, Shadowrun 2nd Edition had just come out. Ah. And in 1993, Warhammer 40K 2nd Edition had just come out. Oh, what an interesting collection of things. And would you say that Warhammer 40K at the time around 2nd Edition was a a somewhat more British thing than it is at this this point? I would say it was pretty maximally British. The sort of time where dudes named, like, Nigel would still play that a lot of Warhammer 40k with, like, oatmeal uh, canisters for terrain. It's the kind of year where you would definitely see a guy named... I'm just going to pick one at random. Oh, yeah. Say Ainsley Whittacombe. <laughs> Ainsley Whittacombe, definitely a good name for a person who might be British. We're not sure. Might... Definitely be British and definitely played Warhammer 40k. Here's the thing: when we were talking about this game, uh, I forget what brought it up, but but John was saying that that uh, this is so 1995, and I was like, I feel like this game is also British. And the only reason I have to back up my fe- my feeling that this game is super British is because it was written by a guy named Ainsley Whittacombe. Yeah, and I was like, that's too British for him. To- I mean, he could that's be- that's too British of a name. So we Googled it because how many Ainsley Whittacombes could there be? And uh, I look, well, you looked up Ainsley, I looked up the company. Oh, yeah, yeah, Roll File Games. And the company, indeed, was British, and I was like, huh, 
Yeah. All right. And then I found Ainsley Whittacombe. And would you know it, he's the biology teacher at the uh, d- the Plymouth High School for Boys. Ooh, a high school for boys. Mm, on Rate My Teacher, it says that he is the best teacher I've ever had. What, what? <laughs> what, what, pip, pip? He doesn't stop me from stealing in the heady aroma of freshly sharpened pencils on a hot summer's day. One day, he found me a pudding that I could snack upon. <laughs> but then he made me cut my own switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a switch, and he made me cut it. An excellent teacher, but a poor head boy. <laughs> Speaking of head boys. <laughs> anyway, we don't say this by means of like making making too much fun. I mean, it looks, it looks like he moved on from writing role-playing games, and now he's a teacher, and all the best to him. Yeah. Uh, it was just sort of a fun little bit of detective work where I was like, this can't be the same guy. He lives in Plymouth. And then we looked, and sure enough, the book has a special thanks to the Games Workshop store in Plymouth. Oh, yeah. No, he was like, oh, this can't be him. It's Plymouth. And I just went, you need to look at this real quick. <laughs> yeah. There is a special thanks to Phil from this game well, store in Plymouth. I mean, the reason all this came about is because this book doesn't have that one-page opening intro that's like, hey, this book was written by these people in, in this year, and here's the, co- the name of the company and the, and the copyright information. It just kicks right into a table of contents with little special thanks in it. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, normally, no research. This time, couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. I had to know more about Ainsley Whittacombe. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a name that demands... Re- I mean, it was also written by a guy named Ben a- Angel. Yeah. But uh, let's be real here. That's basically the the not Richard Iowate guy on the IT crowd. <laughs> you don't, No one cares about... Uh, John, you know who he is. I Chris always, O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. I always forget. But Because he's not Richard Iowate. Yeah. That's a, but he's he's great. You know, he was an amazing uh, actor in, Wasn't I'm going to say, Thor 2. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he plays the hapless boyfriend in Thor 2, The Dark World. Yeah. Pretty much the capper on the plot where, where uh, Natalie Portman's character mattered to the MCU at all. Yep. And then they, they gave him a much cooler girlfriend who's not even his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's just a cool lady that's near him. Yeah, you got to feel bad for, like... Uh, the women in Thor's life because they all just disappear from the films. Yeah. Natalie Portman did, and then Lady Sif is just gone. Yeah, just boop, boop, gone. And then, I mean, I've heard that Valkyrie's coming back in the next, in the next, uh, uh well, Avengers. I certainly hope so. I, I absolutely, but you know, as far as Endgame is concerned, or, or sorry, the, whatever the most recent one, Infinity War is concerned, she's just blipped out of that movie. Yeah, well. And, and she took Korg with her and Meek. Yeah, none of them. Yeah, what happened? Well, who knows? Uh, who could possibly know? So anyway, John, what's Lady Storm the Dominion all about? Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, you want me to get into the setting or the rules first? Well, the book starts with about six pages of setting notes, so maybe we should start with those. All right. So the setting of Laystorm the Dominion mm-hmm. is... All right, I'm going to... There's the... I had been mentioning this to you before, that my understanding of what this game was about changed drastically about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Because when it first starts, it seems like the entire game is set on this one planet called Traxxas. Yes. Uh, the like god-emperor of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's like an evil dude, because it's like a bad emperor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the ability to, like, travel through the warp. Yes. I mean, this is all just very 40k shit. Uh, But he is like, oh, we use the Aether instead of the warp is what they call it. And they're like, oh, well, we use that to, like, power our tech and to jump around 
yeah. space. And ships are able to open little tiny pockets of aether, which they used to do little warpy jumps and to fly faster than normal and so on. And he was like, this is insufficient power for me to achieve total dominion over the galaxy. I must open the massivest of, of aether gates. Yeah, he's like, I want to open a like Sports permanent bar. portal. That way we can just suck the aether energy out of there and uh, just really, really slurp it down. <laughs> You there, boy. <laughs> you there, boy. What day is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's the I don't know, baby Thursday. I'm just a boy. I don't really know days. Just out here on the street, sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to go and purchase the largest goose in the window and suck its dick. <laughs> uh, anything for money, sir. <laughs> God damn it. We've been on this Scrooge thing for like a month. I don't know what's happening to I us. I don't know why we keep coming it's back just that to that Scrooge scene. scene. Too. <laughs> just that. <laughs> anyway, I think it's just because it's a classic setup of him yelling at a stranger in the street. Yeah. It's, such the, a per- it's the perfect time to turn that stranger into something. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, all right, well, I'll use the planet Traxxas. It's a backwards world with nothing but some tribal people living on it. And what I'll do is I'll send down my Dominion war machine to build mu- massive factory super engines that yeah i'll open send j- my tech gates. priests which i couldn't be bothered to think of a different name from 40k than tech priests so i'll just leave them as tech priests they're still tech priests but sometimes they're also called dark paths oh yeah mm-hmm. also they're not dark paths yet though because no we, no at this point they're still just tech priests so a mighty engine is constructed that will open the gate to the ether world but then when the switch is finally flipped it goes all bug fuck yeah, and, and, it, and it blows Aether Storm all over the place and leaves a giant Ultra Storm circling the planet Traxxas. So now Traxxas is surrounded by a lay storm, mm-hmm. and this killed off a vast amount of people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And those that didn't die, uh, a lot—well, I wouldn't say a lot—some of them were changed by the storm, and they became what are known as lay paths yes. which are basically the psychers of this universe or the jedi depending on which way you feel like looking at it well it's not the jedi at all they're psychers i'm sure fair enough okay. i mean they can teleport they can you're right they can teleport but so can jedi now as as, as established by the fact that uh we watched hestizo just walk right out of her leather bonds <laughs> nah she undid the bonds Oh, she did? I'm sorry. Because they were made of leather, a thing that she is an expert at. Yeah. Because uh, leather is made of plant matter. Yeah. Yeah. In Star Wars, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rarely mentioned. Rarely mentioned. It's why uh, also all meat that you see anyone eat is also plant matter. Yeah. Weird all is- people are vegan. Everyone is vegan. All those things that you watch Java eat, those are just weird, squeaky plants. Oh, yeah. Just mm-hmm. the weirdest squeaky plants. Weirdest, squeakiest. <laughs> Their hats are like shark fins. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so for some reason, this planet, like, blowing up essentially sparks a rebellion in the otherwise, like, Iron Fist-controlled Dominion. Yes, and part of, part of it's because of the emergence of the lay paths. Because they can teleport and they can uh, manipulate warp and they can get in and out of the lay storm of Traxxas without always dying, uh, they, they, they're useful... For, like, guerrilla warfare. Yeah. And also, they're pretty mad because they're all from a planet that the Emperor done blown up. Now, the Emperor also got turned into the world's or galaxy's greatest dark path. Mm-hmm. And 
like most of his body got replaced with machinery and once one could say he's more machine now than man Ooh, twisted and evil oh both of those oh okay yeah but he's super powerful but he only connects to the dark side of the ether yeah whereas the lay paths connect to the light side of the ether they connect to the light or the dark side of the aether as need to be oh no it's only the light oh is it jesus christ okay then, see yeah. the light side uh is connected to uh living things mm -hmm. so they can do they can uh, manipulate any like living organisms. It's why they can teleport or uh, like do the Jedi mind lay path mind trick. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, things like that. And meanwhile, the the uh, of course, as, as you know, the the aether of a dark path is very different from that of a square. <laughs> uh, the dark aether, however, is only inanimate objects. So that's why they tech priests before were only using the dark side of Aether because they had circuitry that mm -hmm. was channeling it, and you can only channel the dark side through inanimate objects rather than living tissue. Yeah, but not animate objects. So, for example, if you have, like, an Ibo dog, it, it won't work. That's an animate object, so it won't work on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, got to be like a pencil. Well, that's that's an animated object, not oh. an animate object. Oh, so animate means it moves under its own power and control. Yeah. Under its own cognition, if you will. Mm. Its own recognizance. I think you're underestimating the vast intelligence. I think you're underestimating the power of the Dark Aether. <laughs> and the common Ibo dog. Ah, he no. understands over 240 commands, John. 240. Mm -hmm. Do you understand 240 commands? I don't know. Try one on me. I don't know. Uh, get out. <laughs> uh, no, this is my room. All right. Well, I understood. I just refused it. Aw. Damn. Uh, oh, okay, anyway. So, here's... So now there's a massive guerrilla war happening all across the galaxy as these laypaths are using their special magical abilities to lead, or not really lead, but assist a rebellion against the implacable, uh, evil, and and uh, vicious dominion. Yeah. And now, when I was first reading this, it seemed like the entire thing took place on Traxxas. Uh, most of it does. The The whole focus was on, like... The tribes people of Traxxas mm -hmm. and the laypaths who only exist from the people that were on Traxxas. Like, the only reason they exist is because of the explosion there. Yes. So it's not like, oh, yeah, there are laypaths that come from other planets. So there's just a handful from there. Mm -hmm. And if any of them die, that's just one fewer total there will ever be. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think there's an implication that people that are born on Traxxas can still be born with the with the uh, the laypath. Like laypath is able to be passed down from generation to generation. I don't even know if it's that. I think it's the planet. Like the planet, the planet has internal energy at this point that can that can cause people who are born there to have the gift. See, I don't think I got that reading from it at all. When I was reading it, it was like. Oh, the storm raged close to the surface for a while, changed people, and now it's just in the upper atmosphere. You know what? Maybe it is just a dynastic thing then, because that would still be pretty Star Wars. Yeah. I'm, Especially I, Star Wars in 95. Oh, yeah. The Star Wars 95 is, what is Jedi power? Oh, it's handed down between It's the thing Skywalkers have. Yeah. Yeah. Also some Yodas. Some Yodas. A couple Obis. <laughs> that's, his, that's his last name. Yeah. A couple Obis Wan. Mm-hmm. Well, Wan Obi. Well, yeah, there is Wan Obi. Yeah. So okay, there's the so it's a dynastic thing probably passing down this laypath ability, yeah. and uh, basically it's it's one of those things where you're supposed to start on Traxxas because that's kind of the training wheels of the game. Like you remember uh, Planescape? 
the the, the Dungeons and Dragons. You remember Planescape? The Dungeons and Dragons setting where the idea was you're supposed to start adventuring as a low level character, hanging out in Sigil. Yeah. And like having fun little cockney adventures among the slums. It's and the only way that you can actually play a low-level character in Planescape. And, yeah, and then as you go above, like, say, fourth or fifth level, you're supposed to go down to the plane of concordant opposition. And, and fuck of... around and then go off into the plains. Exactly. It, uh, it, I think that's the idea here, is that Traxxas is the, the, this is where you learn to be a dude, and then you go off into space. This is where you learn to be a dude. Yeah. And then you go off and, well, you have, you have to learn about that man-eating jackrabbits, John. Hey, dude. And that killer cacti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, i mean as much as you are supposed to probably start on the planet because i think that's where the majority of the information you get is for traxis and the things on traxis like you do get a few uh like little notes on these are the other important planets yeah, but you only get like Maybe a half dozen of those. And they're all just Dominion controlled and they're all various flavors of, you know, sci-fi dystopia. Well, like you this basically one. get, here's here's not Coruscant, the city that's a planet. Yeah. Here's not Hoth, the ice planet. And you're like, okay, yeah. great. And then there's the one that's the big, uh, like, uh, meteor or, or, or uh, asteroid cluster where everything's just busted up already. And there's one big city that's Dominion controlled and one small city that's like pirate and mercenary controlled. Yeah. And it's real easy to hide from the Dominion there because they don't know to look between the asteroids. They don't know. They can't see the asteroids for the roids. Yeah, they can't see them for the roids. Uh, so there's in each one of those places is generally ruled by a very varying flavor of evil Dark Path boss because the Emperor has these like underling bosses called Dark Paths or, or tech priests. Each one of them is basically like the a, a decent campaign style bad guy. But, you know, all of them are just like, I'm Darth Sadist. And well, yeah, but they're not, you know, they don't they don't actually use the Darth term. No, they don't do that. They're, they're all named things like, you know, Tech Priest Bane or that kind of thing. And each one of them is like, what's this one like? Oh, he's basically the Baron Harkonnen one. Well, yeah, I mean, there are, for the major cities, there are rulers that aren't Tech Priests. Yeah. no, Because well, there's like the guy who is, oh, I'm the, like, money baron guy because my planet's right next to an asteroid belt where mining happens. And mm -hmm. It's just super rich, and so I'm super rich, and that's how I gained influence. And then yeah. there's, like, I'm the sneaky woman, and I I do all of the seducing and d d spy work. And I go, okay, great. Yeah, you have, you have evil Richmond Baron, you have sadist murder man, and you have lady sex kills. Yeah. The, the, and the, those are the three that they give you basic de detail on. They're pretty by the numbers. And then our uh, mashup of Darth Vader and the God Emperor of Humanity from 40K mm -hmm. has himself a little protege that is like his own, like, this is my Sith dude. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, he's the most powerful dark path outside of the Emperor. And also he hates the tribesmen of Traxxas, because when the Laystorm happened, he got power and tried to take over, but they kicked him out. Yeah, so he particu he's particularly vindictive to the people on Traxxas. Oh, yeah. He hates those people on Traxxas. He would murder them, and not just the men, the women and children, too. <laughs> oh, no, it's the Anakin. Oh, no. Yeah, we basically have the big boss is Darth Vader and the God Emperor of Humanity, and then the little boss is Anakin. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the basic gist of what's going on. There's spaceships you can get and fly around in, but it's all very generic kind of sci -fi, science fantasy stuff. Yeah. 
Now, right down to the point where there's energy swords, if you want energy swords. Oh my god, the energy weapons in this, like the Aether tech is... <sighs> laughably bad. It's real bad, and we'll get into that right after these messages from our sponsors. After these messages, do-do-do-do, we'll, be, we'll right. be right back. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, I don't actually have any commercials. Hey, so do. Quip, that's a toothbrush, right? Is it? Quip's a toothbrush? Yeah, Quip, the science... Toothbrush that makes brushing your teeth easier. Every time you brush your teeth with it, it vibrates at a specific frequency so you hear a rush song. No, it vibrates every 30 seconds so you know to switch which side of your mouth you're brushing on. Christ. That's right. Toothbrush technology gets worse every time. Welcome to fucking podcast ads. Although now it's like movie theaters do them too. Oh my God. When we went to go see Into the Spider-Verse and there were all these ads that were like, go get this pillow from... Pillowfuckers.com well, and was, use our special code. It was more the mattress and the underwear ones that were like, this underwear stretches in 16 different directions. Oh, it never bunches up or rides. Say goodbye to wedgies. You're going to love our underwear. Use the code MOVIES12 mm-hmm. and you can get 15% off your first order. I'm like, yeah. don't. Don't do this, movie theaters. You're better than this. Don't take this away from us. This is all podcasters have. That's the only thing podcasters get is stupid bullshit underwear that they can try and sell you. Watch. Next week, we're going to go out to see the movie for the for the next 10 theaters now, and it'll be like, hey, please support our movie theaters Patreon. Oh, yeah. We're going to go in there and be like, oh, thanks for coming to see the uh, new, I don't know, Lego movie. Ugh, don't make me. <laughs> Why? The first Lego movie was fucking amazing. Oh, right. I forgot. You know what? We'll go see that. Oh, that'll be fine. I mean, it'll be we're okay. not going to be voted to go see it, because there is some dumb nonsense next month. <laughs> oh, good to hear. Okay. Oh, we're, I mean, Alita Battle Angels coming oh, out boy. next month. <laughs> that's going to be a fun time, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we got... You know what, though? You can't hurt me with Alita Battle Angel. It's got Christoph Waltz and Mahershala Ali in it. Yeah, but probably not a lot of them. <laughs> one of them's Ido. He's a big deal, and the other one's the bad guy. One of them's a bad guy. I don't the other the... one is a good guy. Well, Ido's the dude with the jet hammer. They fight crime. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. One of them's a good guy. Yeah, and the other one's a bad guy, and they fight crime. Yeah. They're cops. And then Mahershala Ali is playing the bad guy somehow. I don't really know. I don't remember, who the, I don't remember who the bad guy was in Battle Angel Alita. I have not seen it since I was, like, 13. I have not seen nor read anything for Alita, and do not care. Okay, well, anyway, so uh, why don't we talk about how you build characters and play characters and what the rules are in this uh, <laughs> this fine game, John, sir? Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is a game... Where you don't really build characters because all the things you do is you have to pick a template Mm -hmm. and that decides what your uh, stats are. There are only four stats. Yep. And those are strength, perception, intelligence, uh, survival, and intelligence. Intelligence and uh, agility. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So strength and perception and survival and agility. Yeah. No. What? Quit putting survival in there. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. They're a jo- they're 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 a Johnny. <laughs> survival, a Johnny, Nissa, <laughs> and survival, and Jace. <laughs> uh, your your four stats are Hotly. <laughs> We're just gonna use like the weirdest Tybalt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kiora and uh, uh, Tamio. There you go. Mm-hmm. Those are your four stats. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the actual stats are strength, survival. <laughs> Get out of here. I will, I will punch you in the dick. You can dog walk me? I, mean, I will dog walk you. <laughs> strength, intelligence, perception, and... 
Agility. Agility. There you go. I, 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 was, I was so keyed up to say survival that I t- <laughs> You just <laughs> you blanked everything else out. The, the actual answer was in my head, was not in my head, so I had to just stop instead. Uh. <laughs> John, please finish. Hey, let sentence. me get... Uh. <laughs> I'll take uh. a double charburger with survival, please. Ooh. <laughs> Can I get the survival on the side? <laughs> no, sir. No alterations. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Everything comes pre-made. <laughs> so uh, there are four stats. And, and your uh, your template will tell you what your stats are. The way the game works is everything is based on increasing die values. So you go from the lowest you can have is a D4 minus one, mm-hmm. and the highest you can have is a D20. Mm-hmm. So your stats... Basically, the way it works for any character is you'll d a d four is the standard human in any given stat. Yes, but you uh, have four basically steps of upgrade, and each upgrade isn't a new die. It goes d four, d four plus one, d six, d six plus one, and so on, to the point where you look at it and you're like. I don't even know. Like, I'd rather have a D6 plus 1 than a D8. That is very true, yeah. A D6 plus 1 cannot fail easy tasks, because the difficulty for easy tasks is 2. Yeah. Which means the average human fails at doing easy tasks a quarter of the time. (laughs) More than that, because they're on a D4. Uh, So the average 50% of the time. So a quarter of the time, because it's 2, and you need a 2 to beat it. Oh, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry. Dude, you, you, I thought you had to roll over the difficulty and not at the difficulty or higher. Yeah. But yeah, the average human fails anything they try to do 25% of the time. And for the most part, so does the average player of this game, the player character, because every difficulty above that is ridiculous. Well, yeah, because you start doing little stuff like, okay, there's easy at two. Routine is four. And then tricky at six. Okay, well, let's talk about the difference between easy and routine. An average person fails a, an easy task 25% of the time. And they succeed at a routine task 25% of the time. Indeed. And the the average person is incapable of doing a tricky thing. That is correct. If anything is slightly more difficult than just a thing you do all the time, then it is beyond the realm of possibility for you. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense to you. You're like, wait, hold on, what? I don't even, what? And that's like the third step, because you still have hard, (laughs) nasty. (laughs) Oh, no, wait. There's hard, difficult, Mm -hmm. nasty. I believe that stat difficulty is actually called Miss Jackson. Oh, yeah. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the last one is as if is the last difficulty level, and I... Love it. To be fair, it's because it's like set at twenty or something. But so also, even- I'm like, oh, hold- this was before I knew what year this was made. I saw that like the highest difficulty, instead of it being impossible or mm-hmm. whatever, was called as if, and I'm like, oh no, this has to be mid '90s. When was this made? <laughs> so, so yeah, it was definitely made in 1995. Yeah. Uh, now because you have you have four stats and you have a couple of points to upgrade them with. But you never get to choose those upgrades for yourself. Instead, you're going to be picking one of several templates that the game provides you with that has already done those picks for you. Now, most of the time, you're going to be looking at having one stat that you are mildly good at, Mm -hmm. at a D6 plus one, one stat that you are 
not the worst at at a D4 plus one. And two D4s. And then two just at D4. Mm-hmm. So even player characters who are better than normal humans are still just garbage most of the time at a lot of the things that they do. Yep. And especially bad if you're one of the, like, two classes that starts with a D8 in something. Yeah, the lay path, for example, starts with a D8 in perception. And then a D4 in everything else. Mm -hmm. And the way the system works for uh, doing any skills is you have skills under ETH. Under ETH? Yeah, under ETH. Under ETH. Yeah. Under ETH. I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know. My my dry the, mouth. My normal, very dry mouth. Normally this is my purview of just saying weird random words instead of what you were supposed to burp. Ah. Uh, <laughs> survival. <laughs> survival so, burgers. <laughs> Birders. So you'll have some skills under each of the stats, and your baseline for any of them is your stat. Mm-hmm. You'll start, each template has like, I think three or four skills that they just get some like a point or two in yes to start with and then you have five points to put out and each point is again just one more step up so skills work the same way as stats do they they they, they start at the value that your stat was so for example if you have melee combat which is under strength if you have a d4 in strength you also have a d4 in melee combat but with the skill points that you can earn or that you start with you could raise that using the step tracker so you could be like oh i have a d4 in, in uh strength but a D6 plus one in melee combat. Now, you only get <laughs> five points to put into skills, which means... How many skills are there? Uh, like oh, I didn't tw- actually count, but probably it, about 20-ish. Not, there's not a huge amount, but there are more than you get points in. So oh, yeah. It's, it's like 20 to 25-ish. And putting a point into a skill is just useless. I mean, going from... Well, it means you can't fail at easy tasks anymore. Yeah, well, it depends, because if you could go from, say, a D6 plus 1 to a D8, and all of a sudden, failing easy is back on the menu, boys. <laughs> That's true. What it means is every step either means that you can't fail at an easy task anymore, or you get to attempt a higher difficulty. So if I go from a D6 plus 1 to a D8, now I can fail easy tasks because I can roll a 1, but... I can try to do a hard or a difficult task because I can get an eight. Yeah. So your trade-off on moving up dice is essentially you can attempt something, but even then you're still looking at it like, oh, I went to a D8. Now one in eight times I might be able to do a difficult task. There are 34 skills in this game. There you go. 34 skills, and yeah, I love that notion that you can move from that D12 plus one, where you're the second greatest in the universe at something, to the D20, where you can once again fail at easy things. And that's the pinnacle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the D20, at least the D12 to D20, is a a jump jump. that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything else is your average roll is staying the same from a plus one to the next die. Mm -hmm. You just get a higher uh, cap. Yeah, although notably, the only reason you'd ever try to move to from D12 plus 1 to D20 is so you can attempt to do things that have the difficulty rank of as if, where the value that you have to roll to get them is a 20. Yeah, and great if you do, but honestly, that is yeah. a fuck ton of points you would have to put into one skill to get there. That is correct, yeah, so many points. So you can never, ever, ever in this game, never has, do you ever, improve your stats. You can only improve your skills. Yeah, the XP you get is just development points, mm-hmm. and each development point gives you one more step in a skill. Yeah. 
So when you start out, whatever you pick as your template to start, that's what you got. That is your stats for the rest of the game. You mm-hmm. had better be happy with it. Yeah. Now keep in mind that in every single one of these, at least two of those stats are the stats of the chumpiest of man. Yeah. And it's especially bad if you're looking at wanting to do uh, a character that is, say, a combat person. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to want both agility and strength. And you're also probably going to want at least a point into, I mean, some of the perception skills just so you actually don't get ambushed and fucked every time. Yeah, that's correct. Because this is also a game where if you get shot twice, you're dead. That's also true because your hit point value in this game is equal to twice the po- what you could possibly roll on your strength score. Toughness. Tough, t- tough. Thank you, toughness. It's under strength. Yeah, it's the skill is, toughness. It's the skill, yeah. So, for example, if you, ha- if you have a D4 in your strength and you have a D4 plus one in your toughness, then you start the game with ten hit points. Yep. And the average weapon, not even a good one, mm-hmm. does five hit points of damage. That is correct. So an above average toughness character is dead in two shots. Mm-hmm. And the main sort of like decent weapon you'll get does seven, which means the D6 plus one, the person who's like, oh, no, I invested in toughness, still dies in two shots. <laughs> it's true. It's it's just sad. I mean, this is basically an example of 90s grim and gritty design where they were like, yeah, because lasers will fucking murder you. <sighs> I mean, at least, at least to this game's credit, uh, what little credit there is, uh, at least the character creation in this game is dead simple. Oh, no. Which, you just go, this is the template. I increased these five, or I put five points in the skills. I mean, you could just make one skill go up five steps and be like, fuck you, I am amazing at shooting, and it's all I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically you're going to be playing as, oh, I'm I'm Jeb the Laypath. Oh, I died. I'm Keb the Laypath. Yeah. It's, it's that game. You, you've, you've heard about people running that game, usually D&D. The problem is the game doesn't present itself as that. Nope. The game presents itself as being... Like a Star Wars type, you're part of a rebellion, and you're out there fighting against the man, and you're doing whatever, and you're going to be a big damn hero, Mm -hmm. except your character is a shitty dump man when you start, and any given fuckwit with a gun will murder you. Yeah, even on accident, because ultimately they're as bad at shooting as you are. Oh, yeah. So it's just going to be a bunch of idiots firing blindly until you die on accident. (laughs) It's it's just sad. So. It's not a happy time. Yeah, so you get a few different options. You can be... The classes, yeah. Uh, like a resistance fighter, which is probably your best bet if you want to be, a like... The very best. The Well, a good murderer. Mm-hmm. Because they get a D6 plus one in agility, which is the stat you need to shoot people. It's way better to try to shoot people than to hit them with a sword. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they start with i think a step up in shooting anyway uh the basic uh, resistance fighter starts the game with a d4 plus one strength a d4 perception a d4 plus one intelligence and a d6 agility in which they have invested the only two skills they start the game with a d6 plus one in melee and a d6 plus one in shooting there you go so they are good at being able to fight it really feels are the only class that starts with the laser rifle instead of a laser gun. Yeah. So they have access to basically the best starting weapon you can get your hands on. Mm -hmm. And with your five points, you can just dump that shit into shooting and probably toughness and be like, great, 
It's all I put my points into. I will murder people and hopefully not die in the process. Yes. Uh, I mean, the next class you can choose is the Free Marine, which is almost identical. The The difference being that instead of having the D4 plus ones split between uh, perception and intelligence, those are both at D4 now, and instead you have a D6 in strength. And your skills, instead of being melee and gun and shooting, are gunnery and shooting. Yeah, you're and, you're better on a ship shooting a gun than you are with a weapon. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the, the classes go on like this. Honestly, if it weren't for the 34 skills that included things like alien languages and seduction and stuff like that, uh, you would think that these are basically the stats for, like, 40K, like, miniatures on a table. Because it's so small. The granularity is so light. Yeah, and the problem is there's no real, like, you can't play someone that isn't pretty much a fightsman outside of, like, if you want to be a laypath, gets to instead be a fighter that uses their spooky mind powers, although you will fail doing those spooky mind powers most of the time. Starting the game as a laypath is the hardest thing you can do. They have a D4 in three of their stats and a D8 in the other one. They have a D8 in perception because that's where they put Aether Link and Aether Manipulation, which are the two skills you need to be a laypath. Uh, they start with a D8 plus one in Aether Link, which is the ability to start using your powers. Yeah, that's connecting to the existing Aether around you, and then manipulation is to actually use it. So here's the thing. This, this is a regular thing in this game. To do anything, get ready to roll a lot of these skills instead of, you know, rolling them once. Yeah. The worst example we haven't even touched on yet, which is the two kinds of hacker that you can play as in this game. And we had mentioned Shadowrun at the beginning, and here's where it comes in. Up till now, it was a lot of 40K and Star Wars. Now, the two hackers in this... Yeah, there's the Cyberdecker and the Tellium, uh, Tellium Hacker, I think. The Tellium Raider. Tellium Raider, thank because you. Because they're the only ones that can raid the super-secret Aethernet that the tech priests use. But the Aethernet that the tech priests use is just it's, cyberspace from Shadowrun. Yeah, it's it's your standard mid-90s, what is cyberspace like? Oh, oh you cyberspace walk- is your avatar walks around, and you're made out of, like, 12 polygons, and you fucking mm-hmm. hit a button that says files, and then yeah, and it then goes a into opens a, up. a briefcase that's what you have that represents a USB drive or some shit. And everything takes ten times longer than just using a computer in 1995 did. Yeah, so that's what those two classes are basically doing are you're hacking and it is like a 12 step process to even go like what do you want to do i want to open that door do you okay well first you've got to connect your link to whatever you're trying to hack into all right that's a role great now you've got to uh bypass the security of it and that's a role now you've got to be able to find the lay of the land of the cyberspace that's a roll. Also, you have to do that bypass security step every three steps because it's a security sweep system. Yeah. So every three steps, you're also doing that. You're, you've got to find the file you're looking for. Manipulate the file that you are trying to find. Mm-hmm. You've got to get back out of the system. It's, Don't forget to cover your tracks, John, or else someone will detect that you are hacking this one door. Yep. There is so much shit that goes into, like, uh, I want to open that door that's locked. And it's only one person gets to do it, and it's the same issue that I have. There's uh, Shadowrun that has the whole, like, go into cyberspace thing. The problem 
is only one person gets to do it, and oh, everyone yeah. watches this person be like, and I walk around and, and I see a, a virus program, and I'm going to deploy my anti-virus thing, and it looks like a dragon. And you're like, okay, we're having a one-person adventure right now, and the problem is whatever they're doing usually is to make it so the plot can continue. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, we all have to sit here with a thumb up our ass while Jerry decks into cyberspace and starts talking about his ice programs. Yeah, and Shadowrun has had the benefit of 23 more years of development to kind of, 24 more years, to kind of fix this problem where, like, riggers used to suck because it was like, what do you do? I drive the car. Okay, yeah, well, we're going right. in the building. I'll wait in the car. But, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there is a pilot class in this as well. Oh, yeah. But, uh... They've had the chance to fix that to, like, drones and stuff, but we're seeing here was what Shadowrun was like around 2nd Edition, where what's a hacker do? They go into cyberspace, and they have a cool cyber adventure. Also, how's that represented? Oh, if there's a virus program, it's like there's a monster in there, and they have to fight it with a program that's like a melee weapon they're holding. It's like, so they just play the same game except no one else can play? Yeah. Also, everything looks all cyber. <laughs> yeah, it's just... What is it? Everything glows. Yeah. All right. I love that this is one of my favorite things in this book is the Tellium Decker Raider or whatever gets a a, uh, a a list of magic or cyber abilities that they can use when they're in the, in the in the guild net. And they're all things like weapon, generate a melee weapon in cyberspace. Yeah, like, there is a list of programs you can buy. Mm-hmm. And each of the hackers come with like 2,000 credits worth of programs for your deck. Yeah. Oh, my deck is so huge now. <laughs> I've got all these programs running up and down and in veins. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, uh, I got a veiny deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surrounded by the hairs of defense. Oh, yeah. Well, it's real turgid with programs. Yeah, that's right. It's dripping with male programs <laughs> and, and female programs. Uh, okay, but yeah. So the basic thing is... This class exists to basically go off on its own little adventure once per session. Yeah, and that's assuming that you even have something for them to do. Mm-hmm. Because if the rest of your team was like, what are you playing? Oh, I'm a, like a tribal warpath guy, and I'm the melee dude for like one of the tribes of Traxxas, and I'm a laypath, I'm one of the local guys, and I, I became a dude who's all capable of doing magic. I'm a got wizard a, man, and we got we got that guy over there, like, shooting stuff. We got his, gun haver. Yeah. And we're going to go, like, try and stop, I don't know, a Dominion base here from raiding us. And you're like, okay, what are you doing, hacker? Well, fucking nothing if we're not trying to hack into things. Well, I guess there's a locked door you come across, and you have to go into the cyber world of that door. Oh, good. The cyber world of that door. I can't wait to go into the Internet of Things and run around in it and open a filing yeah, cabinet. I'm, I'm going to go tell that refrigerator that we're out of milk. Yeah. Am I, what, am I playing Disgaea and I have to like go into every little item and go on a dumb adventure in it? Oh, yeah. You hack into, I don't know, this dude's Aethertech gun and shut it off. Anyway, yeah, whatever. And the worst part is that you never will because the game uses that very binary pass-fail skill system which is pretty heavily weighted against you and then wants you to roll it a bunch of times. Yeah, the... <laughs> Even if you're good at this, which, you know, the Deckers start with a good stat in the cyber hacking stat. Yeah. And with some points already in it, and then you'll probably put more in there. But even then, you're like, I'm rolling so much that eventually I will fuck up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, there's no way I'm going to consistently roll a four or above on my D10 forever. Yeah. Now, one of the things I've noticed throughout this book is there's one or two passages where they're like, we've played a lot of science fantasy games in our time, and we find that they are get way bogged down in the rules. 
We want to make our game as streak, uh, sleek and streamlined and easy to play and fast as possible. Oh my god, that was the intro to the uh, the like ship combat. It's too yeah. It's the beginning of the book, and at that point, they're almost right because it's like super easy to build a character in this game. Even if the character sucks, it's very easy to build one. And then it's also the introduction to how they how they gonna, are going to run ship to ship combat in this book. Yeah, they're like, oh, most people. They just want to get really bogged down into how ships work instead of realizing that this is a fun action fantasy game. This is about the adventure. And I was like, oh, cool. So this is going to be like sky skiffs shooting lasers at each other and everyone's just roaring and you, every turn. It does. Anyway, here are the seven different positions of gun you can have yeah. and the arcs in which they fire. Now, you're also going to want to learn if this is a fixed turret or a moving turret. Now, in that, that's going to change your arc of fire. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, and then the very next page is like, here are 13 diagrams that indicate the directions you can face your shields during combat. Ugh. So they didn't stick that landing. No. And <sighs> not there. I mean, it's 1995. I, I, the world wasn't ready for a ship-to-ship combat system that makes sense. I'm not sure it is now. Even then, the, the way that everything works in this game is basically you take your skill, you roll it, and if you beat whatever you're trying to do, you win. In combat, mm-hmm. most of the time it's... Uh, you need to just beat easy, so you need to get a two or better, mm-hmm. and you can shoot someone unless they're, like, actively dodging. Yes, and if they're dodging, then that, that means that they've used their action for the turn to dodge. Now, you can do multiple actions in a turn, mm-hmm. but that makes everything that you do go down two steps in your dice. So when you were already like, man, I'm only shooting at a D6 plus one, they're like, ha you tried to dodge, it's a D4 plus one, fuck you. Yeah. So that, given how low these stat values are in the beginning, the fact that they all get reduced by two steps is particularly punishing. And it's even worse for the reason I was thinking about it is pilots get fucked by this if they want to do anything but pilot. Because if a pilot is either you know driving a vehicle or flying a uh, ship or whatever, they have to roll for piloting. Mm-hmm. Then, if you wanted to, like, let's say, shoot a dorsal turret. All right. Now you're shooting. You've got two actions. You're down by two steps on everything. Yeah. If you also wanted to do evasive maneuvers Mm -hmm. because someone was shooting at you, that's not covered under piloting. That's evasive maneuvers. Now everything you're doing is down three steps. (laughs) Yeah. Which is basically the only reason the D4 minus one step exists. Yes. And at that point, why are you doing anything? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's basically designed so that every, it's a comedy of errors game. And we've come across comedy of errors games before where they clearly didn't do the math and they didn't realize how unfun the game was going to be. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing. Games like this always favor the monsters because you're going to be your character getting into adventure after adventure. You're going to be team A and then you get into a fight with team B and both of you are horrible and you shoot a bunch and eventually someone hits someone and you probably win because you have very slightly higher stats. Now you're still Team A, but you're fighting Group C. And as you do this, eventually the the odds are going to favor these endless waves of pointless enemies. They'll eventually wing you and kill you because you don't have a good way to get out of it. And, I mean, just like I was having a conversation about uh, low-level D&D and how incredibly lethal it is. Mm -hmm. And it's the same sort of feeling here where they're like, oh, you're a cool adventure person in a Star Wars 40K thing, but... 
any given chode with a gun can just murder you. Yeah. Your only armor stat in this is a roll over to beat. Mm. And unless you are like super high-end military or ridiculously rich, the best you're going to see as a starting character is a three. Yeah, the class three armor, which is basically like chain mail. And so if someone shoots you, every gun and melee weapon and everything has a armor uh, penetration value, and let's say it's a D10. So I have to roll a three or better on a D10 in order to actually do damage to you. And what's the penetration value on that laser rifle we were talking about earlier? Oh, it's a D10. It's the D10. Which is the one that gives you the 3D6? That is the most expensive gun. It does... 10 damage, has 3d6 for penetration, and just wrecks everyone. Yeah, no one can survive that thing. No, it, if you have the credits to buy the, like, uh, I think it's like the bolt hole one or whatever, mm-hmm. then... You think everything's a bolt hole, though. Oh, I do. Yeah, Everything. Any, any bolt hole in a storm is your... <laughs> it's my saying. That's your motto. <clears throat> but yeah, if you get that gun, you're like, ha ha, I get to murder everyone. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> So, yeah, the game's a little on the very, very lethal side, and there's a lot of things you can do for defenses, like invest in dodge or invest in armor, that don't really do very much. Yeah, I mean, the armor, the there are a couple, basically the Freedom Fighter and the Marine start with a level three. Mm-hmm. That's the highest of anyone's starting. Yeah. And nobody has enough money to buy... Ooh, anything at all. Yeah. Like, the most money you get as any of the characters isn't enough to buy a level 4 armor or a better gun, because all of those are like, how much does that cost? Oh, it's 7,000. Okie dokie. Well, how much does the average character start with? 300. Yeah. Cool. Some of them start with as little as, like, 35. Yeah, and I mean, you do have some starting gear. Yeah. Uh, they are going to give you, like, oh, you've got a thing of armor and a gun, and great, good a for Blast you. Tech Enforcer Blaster. Great. And a uh, suit of uh, splash mail. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is just one of the weapons that Mega Man gets. Yeah. The, the thing I want to bring up now that we mentioned earlier mm, mm. is the Aether Tech items. Yeah, the Aether Tech items are fun. Aether Tech is basically the magic connection to the Aether that we mentioned. They're basically force-connected things. And it's not just lightsabers. There's also guns and like cyber decks and all kinds of things that have connections to the Aether. Yeah, it's all the shit that the Tech Priests made. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about them is it's not just, what is this? Ooh, it's uh, just sta- straight up better, which... Some of it is like it's not yeah. ridiculously better. It's usually just like maybe a step above what you were already doing. It is definitely the way to get lightsabers and ghost guns into this game, though. The only problem is you have to connect to the aether mm-hmm. every time you shoot. Yeah. Now, and unless you're on a Wi-Fi network, you can't do that without having to pay a service charge. <laughs> So you're always roaming. Yeah. And you're not even allowed to use these Aether Tech weapons on planes. <laughs> Honestly, what's the point? The Aether Tech weapon, I mean, thankfully, is just based they all have their own rating for connecting to the Aether. And so, you know, you might have a gun that's like, ooh, I, I've got a I don't know, a D eight mm-hmm. for connecting to the Aether. I only need to get a two, so you know, most of the time I'll be able to connect. Yeah. However, 
This is the fun part. Yeah. There is a chart for how difficult it is to connect to the Aether. Yes. If you are on Traxxas, the planet covered in Aether, Mm -hmm. it's a two. Yeah. If you are literally anywhere else, the lowest it is is like a six. Yeah. If you're in space, it's a six. If you're on another planet, it's like a ten. Yeah. Which means most of the time, these high-tech weapons that the Dominion has used to conquer this galaxy and, oh, they these high-tech crazy weapons are just not functioning yeah, half just, the time they, at least. They just don't work. Yeah, you're like, oh, I need a six or better in order to connect to the Aether, and I've got a D12 to roll, so I guess half the time I shoot this gun, nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. And these are the deadly weapons that the book's like, be careful with these weapons. If the player ga- gains too many of them, they may overbalance your campaign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, that's what's going to happen when I go running, screaming at some asshole with a cyber ether weapon, and then it doesn't turn on, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm sorry. That's my favorite part of Star Wars, is the part where Luke runs at someone and tries to kill him with a lightsaber and just swings nothing at them instead. And he, like, hits the button and nothing happens. He's like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I got... Stupid. Eh, eh. <laughs> Turns on, he takes a swing, and then it shuts back off. Motherfucker! Let's just go. Can we get out from under the sail barge? I feel like that's cutting off my connection to the Aether. Let's get <laughs> let's get out into the open sun real quick, please. Here, uh, let's just walk around. Come on, come on, come, come on with me. I know. Look, look just bring a couple look, of your Klaatu with you. It's fine. <laughs> just uh, you know what? I'm gonna have a glass of milk. Mm-hmm. We'll wait ten minutes. I'll try and turn my lightsaber on again. Mm-hmm. What's the password here again? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I swear this never happens to me. I've never had a problem with my lightsaber. Is that a capital before. P on Poodoo? Uh, I like that you've gone for Wi-Fi and I've gone for impotence, and we're both just sticking to it. Yeah, but I, I was neither actually, one of us is going to yes and the other. No, one. I'm refusing to engage with your with your impotence. Yeah, version. no. You want you want to do that now? You want both yes and the other one? Instead? No, I really don't. It'd be kind of fun to just switch in the middle of the stream. Oh yeah, when you're when you're midstream and mm-hmm. you just switch it up, that's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, Aether Tech weapons suck. Yeah. They are slightly better stat-wise, but just don't work unless you are on tracks. Oh, and by the way, there's a whole class you can play as that builds them. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a Aether Tech, like, repairman. Yeah. yeah eh. that, which can build these things, and that's all it can do. Because it takes a lot of skills to build them. Which means they can't use them. Well, yeah. So if you want to build a support character who just gives people weapons that might not work, then hey, that get, that's there for you. Good, good job. Because they're going to put their highest thing into intelligence and all their skill points into crafting, and at that point, they have nothing useful for your game outside of making guns. Yeah, the the basic classes you're supposed to play as. We didn't really ever list them all. There's the two soldier guys. Then you got the laypath. Then you got the telium crafter who makes telium gear that might not work. The two kinds of hacker. The pilot, the dude who is good with spears because he's from the he's a tribesman from the planet. Yeah, he's the storm bringer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the the tribal leader who's called like the storm dancer or something and has no magic or anything and is just a good tribal leader. No, that's the storm dancer. Oh, is the one that okay. will stab you. I thought there were. And then there's the scout. Ah, yes, that's right. The scout who's good at sneaking. He's sneaky. He's so sneaky. He's sneaky. Imagine how, how sneaking works in this game. Did you imagine that you have to keep rolling stealth over and over again until you fail it? Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's... Good lord. This game. <laughs> this fucking game. Can you play as aliens, John? 
No, of course not. Oh, yes, you can. There's a few aliens you can play as. Well, there's aliens in the book, but they're all NPCs. Are they really all NPCs? I thought the book yes. had even a section where it was like, here's how you play as a, a Fenric or a, a Dower or no. whatever the, the various aliens. The, the, the it has little sidebars, mm-hmm. but all it does is give you the base stats for one of them. Okay. It doesn't say like, ooh, you could play as one of these. It just says, this is a what a generic one of these guys looks like. Yeah. The, the, the aliens are actually kind of interesting. They're 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 kind of Doctor Who-ish in terms of what they look like. You got like a low budget. fat guy in a loincloth and a fur necklace. Yeah, you got a dude wearing a green fur Yeti bodysuit. You got two kinds of water dudes. Yeah, you got <sighs> some la- kind of insect-ish mm-hmm. looking person, but mostly it's just like, what are you? Oh, I'm a dude and I'm wearing an insect hat yeah, and I've got a whip. Yeah, that's the Latican. The Latican come in two flavors. There's the, the the whippy ones, which are slavers, and then the other ones, which are the only natural lay paths in the galaxy. Uh, the the, the Latican mystics are capable of accessing the aether and using using lay energy, but they keep it a secret. Ooh, secret. So uh, the book mentions you can play as certain types of aliens, and you just need to adjust your stats accordingly. So I assume that that's just sort of up to the DM's discretion. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is like it says, "Ooh, you could make your own template if you want to, if the GM allows it." Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, theoretically, because the templates of this game are identical between good guys and bad guys, there's nothing stopping you from playing as the Mighty Dominion and playing as, like, what are they called, Terran dog soldiers that are, like, the bad guy? Yeah, but the back of the book has the list for, like, here's all the stats for these different guys, and most of the NPCs are way better than a starting character. Like, yeah, they're much, way much better. better. Yeah. They you will ha- fuck you. Yeah, you have aliens who's like, oh, my lowest stat is a D6 plus one. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck me. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those games. It's one of those games where you can tell it was built as sort of a, ha-ha, we'll get the players with this type, type sort of mentality to it. I I don't get that. I think they were just bad <laughs> at just doing things. They just didn't do it right? Yeah, I think they were just like, oh, well, this guy's pretty cool. He should have these stats. And when they went to make character generation, they're like, Oh, well, you'll get more powerful as you go, so it's fine if you start as garbage. Yeah, must be. It, except we don't provide you any garbage to fight. Yeah, there's n- nobody out there outside of, I guess you fight a standard Dominion soldier, and he has about the same starting stats as you. Yeah, that's the cor- corpsman or the corpsman. Con- yeah, outside yeah. of that, everyone is better than you. Yeah. So. Which is just sad. It's it's not great, John. It's not good. But let me ask you a real question here. What would you say is your favorite thing about this game? Oh, God damn it. I, well, oh, wait. One more thing before we get into favorites oh, and least. Yeah, one more thing. Well, what do you think the one thing I want to talk about is? Is it art? It is the art, John. Of course it's the art. We have to talk about the art of this book. Jesus God, the art of this book. The art of this book was drawn by some someone who was the best artist that someone on the book knew. And, uh, you know, it's cute. It's They're trying. Boy, howdy, that is going right up on the fridge. <laughs> that's that's basically the theme of the art in the book is, is ooh, yeah, that looks great. What are you, like in eighth grade? Is this in your notebook? Yeah. Th- what are you, someone that, I don't know, probably will never progress talent-wise, but you can't stop doodling? You sure well, have, that's this. You sure have drawn a thousand pairs of uh, mirror shades over a trench coat before, haven't you? Ooh, yeah. Boy, you sure do love real thick lines, have don't you, you, when you're making a guy? You know, it doesn't matter if a face is even vaguely symmetrical. Oh, no. No. Goodness, no. Or body parts. No. They don't need to go in normal places. They can just sort of be hanging out. <laughs> 
put him wherever. You've never drawn a character that didn't have either blood or death in his name, did Hey, you uh you don't know how to draw hair that isn't dreads, do you? <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think about that. It's all dreads and updos. Yeah, he's like, uh, hair's hard. Uh, dreads are easier. <laughs> I'll just do dreads for everyone. Yeah. So the art's pretty pretty special. Yeah. The whole book, including the cover, is in black and white. Yep. And man, they couldn't even get a cover artist because it's still just that guy. There's <laughs> literally one picture in this book that when I saw I went, oh, this is obviously traced. Like, it's way better than the art that the artist had normally been doing for the face. Mm -hmm. And then it's got the, like, it's basically a bust shot. So everything from the neck down that's, like, the beginnings of this guy's, like, military outfit yeah. is all in the same shitty draw style that everything else is. But the face looks really good. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. You just trace this shit. It's one of those books where you where you have to ask yourself, how the hell did this get published? And then you go, oh, right, 1995, role-playing game, Great Britain, duh. Uh, he just went up to a publisher and said, hey, have you heard of a little thing called Warhammer? Uh, the accent, John. I need oh, the I'm accent. sorry. Oi, mate, you yeah. ever hear of a thing? No, I, that's Australian. What's Plymouth accent even? In what is what is a Plymouth accent? I don't know. Uh uh, yeah, 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 have a little game called Warhammer? There you go. I think that's probably it's right. probably Plymouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, ever, you ever seen a little thing called Warhammer? <laughs> well, this is that. Plus, it's got that Star Wars in it. And it's uh, got a little bit of that shadowy run. I'm loving that you can't tell if you just said the Star Wars is in this or if you added an in it. Is, is in, yeah, isn't it's, it? There's a bit of Star Wars in it. Yeah, so anyway, that's pretty much how this book came to be, we guess. And and yeah, the publisher was like, well, call Blimey, that sounds delightful. <laughs> I shall phone, phone the vicar at once. <laughs> oh my, I'll <laughs> let the Queen Mum know. <laughs> Everything in Britain involves the Queen Mum. Oh, I'm on Her Majesty's secret vessel. <laughs> oh, you're on the Duch you're on the Duchess, are you? You the Duchess. <laughs> That's good boat, ain't it? <laughs> Hang on, if you're truly on the Duchess, what's the name of the captain what's also a corgi? Um Sir Pemblebrook. <laughs> Oi, checks out. <laughs> right. right. Too right. <laughs> too, too right. Too right. Back to Australian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too right. Hey, now that I'm here, who wants to have a party? <laughs> what are we doing? Nobody knows. Every <laughs> We're just trying to piss off as many people as we possibly can. You want to go French next? <laughs> I don't, if we want to piss off a bunch of people, why do we pick a tiny island full of usually angry people? <laughs> why did we tick... Pick a tiny island of just useless, no one gives a shit about people. I mean, they're not even going to be in the EU anymore. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to visit them when the pound crashes entirely. Yeah, I'll go over oh, there and be like, be worth so much. hey, who here wants a dollar to give me a Big Mac? It's America time. <laughs> Try hey, and stop us. Hey, motherfucker, I need you to give me coffee, none of that tea bullshit, okay? Now get out of here. I don't even like coffee. Yeah, I'm just going to dump it on the ground anyway. <laughs> Why don't you lap it up, you limey prick? Pass through it wearing your wellies. Yeah, where's the bobbies at? Huh? Are they going to come get me? Also, I don't know why we decided to send Andrew Dice Clay over to Britain, I'm but... I'm here to check for twins. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
All right. Well, there you have well, it. Well, yeah. Let's. I mean, at least we made fun of America a bit. There, a bit too. too. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about this game, though? Uh, best thing in the game. Fuck. Uh, I'm gonna say, I do like the idea of a stat that's a baseline for all the skills mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you don't have to worry about like oh there's like 70 skills and i only get like 10 of them and that just means i can't do a shitload of stuff like you can always roll for anything that isn't pretty much aether manipulation or link right just by using your stat and i like that i like having a baseline competency even if they kind of fucked that up. I mean, the it's a baseline incompetency, good. but the concept is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea, at least, is useful. Sure, that's fair. All right, so your favorite thing in the book. Oh, it's going to be the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, obviously. Oh, it's just the greatest British oi music. <laughs> all all <laughs> of the soundtrack of this thing. Oi, 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 oi. Snuff and stuff. You know, good, just... No, uh, my, my favorite thing in this book is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the story. I know it's kind of a standard derivative old... Star Wars, but it's so fun. It's such a let's put on a show grade of like we're in high school, we is, and this is the best space story ever. Yeah, I, I mean I, it is. It, it is definitely someone that has read three different books and uh-huh. is like, I love all of these, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take my toys and smash them together. Yeah, this is someone's for, some 14 year old kid's campaign rewritten into a role playing game. Oh, yeah. this is a point where someone was like. Oh, I had a 40k game where I put down Darth Vader on the field, and we said he counts as uh, a super primarch, and that's that's my game now. And I turned that into a setting. Yeah, pretty much. This is someone being like, "Well, Ainsley writes runs a really good campaign, and of course Cecil can draw. Why don't we just make a role playing game?" Oh yeah. So you know, it's it's got that manic teenage energy and i appreciate that on an aesthetic level it doesn't actually add anything to the game manic idiotic teenage energy it's so cute it's adorable to read this book (laughs) you just want to pinch their cheeks yeah you just want to give them tuppence it's like i found this book pinned to a wall you remember we used to go to the the del mar fair and make fun of the uh letters the the, like preschooler letters Uh uh-huh because John and I would go to the Del Mar Fair, or the local county fair, basically, and the fair had this this thing where they'd send, like, representatives or zoo representatives or something to local classrooms to they'd, show them interesting animals. Yeah, they'd bring, like, three different animals along. They'd be like, all right, here's a crocodile. Let me tell you about crocodiles. Here's a kinkajou. Let me tell you what that is. Yeah, and this is this here's a, a parrot. So you're, you're going to meet these three interesting animals. And then the kids always send letters thanking them for coming. And it's these little, like... I'm Bobby, six years old. Thank you. The crocodile has teeth, and it bites you, and it always bites you, and it gets you, and it always gets you. Thank <laughs> you, Bobby, age six. And I'm like, this is art. This I, is they're, pure, beautiful They're my nonsense. favorite thing to read, and I can't wait till my own kid's making them. But yeah, every time it was like, the kinkajou live in the forest. The kinkajou have a path. And she's like, what, what the fuck is... Oh, Sally was so nice. She would screech loud and then bite. She is a good parky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the armadillo has six leg. And you're like, what? No, no. What? That, no. What, you, what you, you got the wrong lesson here, my child. What did they bring to your school? <laughs> also, you look at the art and you're like, good God, what monster beast did they show you? It's like a 14th century monk describing things on an island that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, this is like one of those Renaissance painters that's (laughs) never seen a cat before. (laughs) 
uh, today we're going to visit this this uh, school for preschool children, and we're going to show them a, a tree that grows naked women out of its branches. <laughs> Here, we're going to show you the dick tree, where you can go ahead and just get dick and balls off of it. <laughs> but that said, we love them. Oh, we, I love them it's, it's not making fun of them. It, they, they're adorable. I mean, it is making fun it's of them. It's also making fun of them. But, <laughs> but at least we're doing it without them there. Yeah, I'm not doing it to their face. Yeah, but that's what this book is for me. Yeah. And what would you say is your least favorite thing about this book? Uh, I don't like this book. This book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I have to narrow it down, hmm. I don't like the template option. I want a game that lets me make something. Sure. And this gives you a choice of one template and five skill points. You're done. There's yep. no real customization of it, and especially because it doesn't give you, like, the template doesn't start you out with more than a couple skill points. Mm -hmm. Usually two. Yeah, usually you have a couple skill points and then five more to put in there. Yeah. But what you, that template wants to do just isn't supported enough by those two. Nope. <laughs> which means you're going to put those five into the same things every time. If you have two people that go, we're both freedom fighters. You look exactly the same. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Because you're just going to try and shoot people before you get into melee combat and have to split your actions. Yeah, you're like, what did you do? I put points into shooting and toughness. Maybe I put one extra point into, like, I don't know, perception or some shit. Like, looking at, uh, like, visual acuity. Yeah. Because I didn't want to get ambushed and that's it. Yep. But then you're looking at characters that are just the same cookie cutter shit over and over again. And I hate that. Yeah, that's fair. So what is your least favorite thing in the book? I don't like games that do the thing where it's like, hey. I don't like games. I don't like games anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, after five years of doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so someone on Twitter today was like, I need to look to System Mastery to find out which games I should play more of. And I was like, no, don't. don't. That's the exact opposite no, of what you should do. Don't do what. Don't, don't look to us for anything. <laughs> don't look to me as a role model. Mm -hmm. Keep me away from your kids. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Mother, don't let your children grow up to be podcasters. <laughs> don't let your children grow up to be system mastery. Don't. Mothers, we... don't let your children grow up. <laughs> Stop them now. Don't vaccinate them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't like the, oh, you succeeded at the skill. You should be done with this task. No, you have to roll again five more times. Oh, yeah. Every time we come across any game that's like, oh, did you want to accomplish the most minimal of tasks, oh, that's going to be at least three rolls. I mm -hmm. go, why are you making it so that you're just fishing for failure? That's all it is. It's just fishing for failure. You're just, your character should, once they, they roll that success, they should be like, sweet, I succeeded. Let me describe what happens, and then we can continue with the story. And not like, eh, I need to see you roll stealth a few more times. Oh, Prove yeah. you're not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll click your captcha thing. <laughs> But I mean, it's like it's one thing to go. What is your goal? Okay, you need to roll to accomplish that goal. That's it. That's it. But when you're like, what is your goal? This. All right. But how do we get there? And I'm like, mm. no, this isn't about the journey. Just please let me unlock this door. And the decking thing is particularly egregious because it's roll the same roll again. Just keep doing nonsense. Mm -hmm. It's like. Did you put a lot of points into this? I hope so, because by God, you will roll it a bajillion times. Yeah, every time you want to do anything, it's roll hacking. Okay, I succeed. 
great. You want, you've gotten past the first bypass wall. The first of my nefarious plots. Yes, each more fiendish than the last. The last one's not very fiendish. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, right. each one is more fiendish than the last one. <laughs> last one's pretty easy. Yeah. But here comes number two. Roll your hacking skill. Uh. <laughs> Have you passed? Are you ready for round three? <laughs> Roll your hacking skill. And now, the final test. <laughs> Get me a cookie. <laughs> and draw your hacking skill. <laughs> <laughs> I tricked you. I lied. I bamboozled you. <laughs> yes. So. Are you feeling it, Jerry? Are you feeling the bamboozle settled in now? I'm certainly feeling a bit of the old horn swoggle. Oh my, yes. <laughs> what would you say? Was, oh, wait, we already did the best and worst. Would you play this? No. I would be so angry at this game the entire time I was playing it. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, man, I don't even... Just let me pay, play, like, a slightly better shitty version of this game. Like... I'll play the old Weg Star Wars before I play this, and that's right, I'm dunking on Weg Star Wars out of nowhere in the <laughs> middle of this. People people know that we didn't really like the time we read the Weg Star Wars book, so so it's fair. Uh, would you rather play Weg's World than this? Weg's World! Remember, Weg's World! Remember Weg's World? Let me give you a new Weg example do. of a type of game that you can... I, I do remember Weg's World. <laughs> There's no way I could possibly forget. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so you wouldn't play it? No. Mm? Would you? No. Good. There you go. That's pretty simple. I don't. I don't need to elaborate. No. It's just old and kind of. It's cute. It's very cute. <laughs> but tis no game English. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining us. Now, as we've just bitched and moaned about how easy it is to make a character, why don't you come along with us to our bonus content where we'll make characters in this? How we get a. Well, get ready for a four-minute episode, everybody. Get ready for a half-hour episode with. 26 minutes of us just, I don't know, probably talking about Bones. <laughs> Scooge, <laughs> Unka Scooge. That'll be a bunch of B-side DuckTales crap. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do the Scrooge talking to a boy out of his window. Yeah. We're going to do some more Bones references. Mm, I'll probably say survival a few times. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Join us for what is almost assuredly going to be the most punchy dumb shit filler episode of bonus content we've got bonus content oops all filler <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to try real hard to get into the uh like fluff of these characters <laughs> rather than the meat because they are a scrawny we'll tell you a lot of stories about them yeah they're they've, they're rangy there's not a lot on them bones no they're ba if, it's basically just gristle and meanness if characters in this game were cartoon characters they'd be that coyote that tries to eat uh king arthur and the sword and the stone they would be that coyote that tries to eat a rock. <laughs> yes, that, that same. I believe that might be the same coyote. That might be the same coyote. They'd be that coyote that sends away to Acme for a catapult. Oh, yeah, that's a different coyote, but they are cousins. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kissing cousins. Kissing cousins. <laughs> <laughs> if you read my fic. <laughs> and you know I do. And if you want to read that fic, subscribe at <laughs> patreon.com slash system mastery. Asterisk, there is no fic. <laughs> Asterisk, if we get, I don't know, let's say to 2,500, I'll write a kiss and cousins, the coyote from Roadrunner, coyote from uh, Sword in the Stone slash fic. Yeah, and I'll write a different one. <laughs> and I'll write something else. And I'll write the head. <laughs> parts of that fit slash fic. Yeah, mm -hmm. the parts about that 
about heads. About he- well, about head. Just no, general. just about heads. About his Anytime head. we talk about anyone's head. Yeah, that's all me. That's all Jeff. All right. Well, yeah. At twenty five hundred, we'll write some erotic fan fiction. Why not? Yeah, that's a new goal. We just announced it. We, uh, now, yeah, heard it here first. It's folks. exclusive. We're desperate for your money. <laughs> we, we we need a little more cash in the coffers, and we'll write fan fiction to get it. And you can tell us what the fan fiction Hell is. Yeah, if we'll Jeff keeps out, breaking know. soundboards, then by God, <laughs> I think we could probably fix it pretty cheap. I know. I just like fucking with you. Uh, it's I was it really choked me up. That thing's expensive. Oh yeah, and I know. I, and I was dealing with a baby, and it was just oh, I'm so I can't. Damn it. Aw. Anyhow, guys. Any, any anyhow, Patreon.com. Slash system mastery. Non-binaries, mm-hmm. join us. NBs. Let's let's all get together at patreon.com slash system mastery and support us. Yeah, come on down. We're all going to do it together. You're going to give money to us. We'll accept money from you. It's all part of the circle of life. Mm-hmm. The one-way circle. the light touches yeah. should be giving us money. <laughs> What's that shadowy part over there? Oh, that's Casper mattresses. You <laughs> must never go there. They don't give us any money. <laughs> Avoid ye also the Lisa uh, Canyons. (laughs) Lisa Canyons sounds like a great porn name. Seriously, that's like an old school porn name. Oh, yeah, that is an 80s porn name. Yeah, the kind of woman who doesn't actually do any hardcore stuff. She just has huge boobs. Yeah. Yeah, that's Lisa Canyons is rad. I'm I'm, I'm on board. (laughs) 100% on board. Yeah. So, thank you so much. We will, of course, be back in a while. If you'd like to talk to us... You can find us on Twitter or Facebook. You can email us at Gmail, System Mastery on all of those. So easy to find us. And you can come talk in our Discord. We've got our Discord. You go to our Twitter. It's pinned there. Mm -hmm. You can get the link to our Discord. Talk with a whole bunch of really awesome, cool people. Uh, Our Discord channels are amazing. They're good folks. And if you're a patron, you can link Discord to your patron account. And uh, you get will secret rooms. You'll get secret rooms. You get special colors for your names, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll get exclusive content that only subscribers know about. Uh, wait, exclusive? I don't. I don't know about that. But then again, I don't subscribe to you our. You aren't own a Patreon. subscriber, so yeah. you don't know. Yeah. There's exclusive content. Ooh, so exclusive. All right, well then, uh, there you go, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks with more System Mastery and real sumo bonus content, if that's your thing. And until then, you have a good week. 